familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They've reached the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Episode number 171, 171 of For Future Considerations. Welcome to another week. I'm Manny. John and Matt are here as well. Hey, fellas. How you doing? How's your week been? I'm doing good. I, I mean, I wasn't mingling with some of the, the great celebrities of uh, Canadian hockey broadcasting this week, but uh, I had a, a pretty good week. No one's having as good of a week as John Rashad. Right, buddy? Yeah. Hockey day in Owen Sound. And uh, the city has come alive, all kinds of people in town, including Ron McLean, who I got to uh, schmooze very briefly with last night, and then also um, kind of a rival podcast. So I don't know if I'm going to enemy territory, if I should uh, gather some intel or maybe sabotage them, but I'm going to be sitting in on a recording of uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts podcast this week as well. So yeah, all kinds of stuff going on for Hockey Day in Owen Sound this weekend. Right on. Well, you'll get a chance to teach him something at least. <laughs> you can give him some tips on the producing, right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Here's how you make a really good podcast, guys. <laughs> so what did Ron McLean ask you? Because it's kind of a privilege for him to be hanging out with you, Rashad. I know. I know. He asked for my autograph, which was really embarrassing because I didn't have a pen. It was just, yeah, it was... I was like, I'm working here, you know, stop bugging me, Ron. <laughs> no, uh, he actually popped up into the booth and um, he wanted some vintage jerseys, some Owen Sound jerseys from uh, past eras. And so Fred Wallace had a bunch for him. And so I guess he's going to wear them on the broadcast. So he'll be wearing different ones throughout the day on Hockey Day in Canada. So that'll be kind of cool. A Harry Lumley uh, jersey and a few other ones. So, yeah, he just stopped into the booth and then he was mobbed by all of us because everybody was in there because it was intermission. So all of the photographers were there the uh, fan cam guy um the announcer like the uh, fan cam uh, announcer sarah and then fred me and a couple of other people were all in there and so he shook our hands and said hello and posed for some pictures and then he didn't sit in a box either he sat out in the crowd he was in amongst the fans and uh, was uh, on uh, rogers tv <laughs> they interviewed him he was on our fan cam and then he was uh, yeah took a lot of pictures with a lot of people so ron mclean is just as nice as you would hope he would be so that was good to see Ron McLean, the man of the people. Yeah, he, he really was. He was really good. <laughs> and just to be clear, John, when he comes and asks for your autograph, it's his responsibility to have the pen. Right. He brings the pen for you to say. If he doesn't have a pen, sorry, pal. Maybe maybe next time you're up here. <laughs> Did he know you were the guy that produces the second best podcast in North America? The I don't guy think who so. delivers no, he didn't know that. Did no. he know you were the guy who delivered 10 puppies in the back of a Corolla? <laughs> no, he really should have done his homework on me. <laughs> I feel like instead of the, it's the opposite of a pit po- pickpocketer, instead of shaking your hand and taking your wallet, he shook Ron McLean's hand and slipped a resume in his coat jacket somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you met Ron, Matt? I uh, have not. I interviewed him um, for our uh, morning show just after his book came out, um, but I have uh, I've never shaken hands with the man. So you've you've won up me there, John. <laughs> man, you slept with him, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that one night in Owen Sound. He came up to to referee a hockey game, and uh, he was snowed in. So uh, 
He had to stay at the place. Uh, yeah. Uh, he actually came to Owen Sound to referee a game. It was uh, a junior B hockey game. Um, oh. And I interviewed him uh, for my uh, sports talk show in Owen Sound back then, sports talk. Um, had a great picture with him, chatted with him. It was great. It was fantastic. Nice. Super nice guy. Yeah, I think he's doing some sort of a refereeing clinic this weekend or this week sometime, too. I think he's uh, sitting in on something about refereeing. One of the thousands of events taking place yes. in the city of Owen Sound for a Hockey yeah. Day in Canada. Um, I know they had a, a hot stove with Dale DeGray and Ron McLean on uh what was that tuesday night and they tuesday had some yeah. music thing on wednesday night and they got games and clinics and an alumni game friday night with former attackers and former women's hockey players and that sort of thing so if you're in the owen sound area check it out as part of hockey day in canada and owen sound this weekend we've been sharing some of our favorite owen sound guests on the podcast. Go back and have a listen to some of those guests as we share them on social media. Yeah, Fred Wallace, Sean Kruger, Mike Fuda, a bunch of former Owen Sound Attack players as well. Some great guests that we've had. Let's go back and take a listen again and listen to some of those past debates as well um, with some fantastic questions that you guys have been asking of late. We expect nothing less. Now the bar, we know where the bar is now. So the bar is is right up there. So let's see what you guys got in store for us tonight. Yeah, they don't disappoint this week either. So uh, grab a drink, maybe a snack of some sort, and let's get started. 36-yarder from the right hash to win the game. Logan Cook will put it down. Riley Patterson. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game and move on! How good is that? That's what I'm talking about! Yes, you heard that right. That's the music from Titanic set to Riley Patterson's game-winning field goal for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they completed the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history with their wild card win over the Chargers. The Bengals, Bills, Niners, Giants, and Cowboys also won, so the divisional round is set. Similar to last week, who do you think has the best chance to pull off the upset? Well, the, the Jaguars are going into Kansas City. Uh, I did not pick the Jaguars to win in week one. I sure as hell am not picking them to win in this round of the playoffs, so you can scratch them off the list. I think the Bengals have a real chance of going into Buffalo and beating the Bills. I, I, this is, again, the, when they started their playoff or Super Bowl run last year, they started with a slow start in that first game and, and were really able to to build on that. So, I mean, I don't mind them at all. I really think the 49ers are going to take care of the Cowboys in a somewhat easier fashion than, than it seems most of the predictions and stuff. But if I'm going with a team that is going to be the surprise upset of the division round, I'm going with your New York football giants who are coming <laughs> off a monster win against an overrated poser like the Minnesota Vikings coming up against a team that was all hot as hell and then started losing and never found it again. And they've got a bunch of injuries 
This one is going down to the wire. The the Eagles playing three bad regular season games at the end of the year, including against the backups of the New York Giants, then having a week to just sit there and stew on themselves and look at themselves in the mirror and realize there's nothing there. This one's going to Daniel Jones and and Barkley, the Shaquan Barkley, is that his name? The running back? Saquon? Uh, yeah, Saquon? Yeah. You can't Saquon even say Barkley. his name! The New York Football Giants. Hail to the Giants. What do, I, do they have a song? <laughs> they have a song. That's not it. Okay, okay. So, so sure, you you go with the pick that everybody's picking. Like the Giants upset the Vikings, so they're the darlings of the NFL. Ooh, they played a good week. Oh, they look good. We're going to pick the Giants. Everybody's going to look good. Matt hurts his knees and loses a tooth as he jumps on the bandwagon with everyone else. <laughs> like, come on. A month ago, you said the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl, and now you're you're backing out of that. Hey, I, said the, I said the Eagles. I was the one on the show that said they were going to have the perfect season. Then they lost, and all the air fell out of it, and they, they've never been able to regain it again. And look, when 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 – when uh, Jalen Hurts is standing on the sidelines and looking across the field and he locks eyes with Rick Moranis, with Ed O'Neill, with Devin Sawa, <laughs> he is going to realize, no, they are not the little giants. We are the little eagles. <laughs> <laughs> You're not invited to the Super Bowl party anymore. That's terrible. <laughs> you, st- you started off this well. You talked about the Bengals. I think the Bengals have a legitimate shot to beat the Bills in Buffalo. And I know we have a lot of Buffalo fans who listen to this podcast, and they're probably losing their minds right now. But the, can we give Cincinnati some credit? They've won nine games in a row. Yep. Nine. Like, how many times have we seen a team get hot at the right moment in other sports and just get through the postseason and carry that momentum that way. Exactly. But let's give Cincinnati some credit here. They're underdogs at five and a half points in Buffalo. And I think Miami gave Buffalo a huge test, opened up sort of the game plan as to how Cincinnati can challenge Buffalo. I think there's a legitimate shot there. You mentioned San Francisco beating Dallas. Does Dallas even have a kicker? The guy missed four extra points in the one game. Going back to the week before, he missed five extra points in a row. Like, even Rashad can kick an extra point. You can get one of them. (laughs) Like, come on. But it's very similar to what the the Bengals did the the first year. They were at home against Las Vegas. I didn't even realize Las Vegas had an NFL team still, but they apparently (laughs) made the playoffs last year. They just get past them, 26-19. Then they go to Tennessee, win 19-6. Then they're in Kansas City, 27-24. So the, the Bengals, in the last calendar year have played a ton of tough playoff games on the road in tough places to play and been successful and it's the same team so i i mean they they certainly do have a chance besides joe burrow looks like the coolest guy on the planet right so joe burrow's gonna swing some unbelievable outfit that i'm gonna try to find somebody to make on edsby for me later on (laughs) that week and he's going to walk in there, all Joe swag, and walk away with that uh, with that game. I'm starting to like the Bengals more and more as we talk about it. 
right? Like, I think he goes into John Rashad's closet to grab an outfit before each week yep. because he just looks amazing. He still right? has that uh, that Borat banana hammock b- bathing suit. Maybe he wears <laughs> right. that. Right? It's one the of only thing. One of Jill's sun hats or something like right. that. The only problem with that is it's too big for him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he can't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, as, as well, far as John's got a Dodger dog to worry about, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, not many people could fit in John Rashad's Borat bathing oh. suit. Oh. As as far as your Giants take, I'll give you this: Philly did not finish the season strong, and they have the Eagles as seven and a half point favorites on the line. I think that's a bit much. Like, I think this game's a whole lot closer than a Philly dominating seven and a half game, seven and a half point victory. Like, they're only giving San Fran three and a half points yeah. against Dallas. Yeah. And I will say for the, with the, the Giants Eagles game, the Giants stand a chance by getting out of the gate. They've got to be the best team. They've got to be the most aggressive team. They've got to score the first 10 points of this game. Because and, if and anything, dominate the ground and dominate sure. the ground. Yeah. If anything, the Eagles would be if you, if you let the Eagles hang around long enough, they're going to win the game. They're going to have the longevity in this one. If if there is a place in the world to to set bets, I think the Eagles win the scoring in the fourth quarter of this one. It's all going to determine how the Giants play at the start of the game because this is going to be a let's see if we can hold them off long enough for a Giants win. Other in, in another sense of the Eagles just got to stay competitive and get it together and take off. If the Eagles score the first te- like first to ten, the Eagles are the first to ten. The game's over. Yeah, similar to you. I think if it's the second quarter because the Eagles were the highest scoring team in the second quarter. If the Giants jump don't jump out to a first quarter lead, and you watch the Eagles take over in the second quarter, the game's over. Yeah. I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars, and um, just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. That was Tom Brady after the Buccaneers lost to the Dallas Cowboys on Monday. So similar to the Aaron Rodgers situation the week before, we received a few questions about Brady's future. Dave and Owen Sound thinks Brady will now retire and go make his millions in the broadcast booth. What do you guys think? I think Tom Brady does not like the way his career ended there. Like, I I think he looked at that game and said, I sucked. There's no way I'm leaving the game like that. And I think he's going to continue to play. Besides, what else does he have to go home to? His wife's gone. so <laughs> And I don't think he wants to hang out with his kids He knows he's got the TV contract as a backup at any time. It'll be there next year. It'll be there five years from now if he wants to play till he's 50. Plus, he's got his buddy Josh McDaniel looking for a quarterback in Las Vegas. Apparently, they do have a football team. So he might want to go uh, hang out with his buddy Josh and with the Raiders which I think would be a terrible decision for the Raiders. He he could play with his hometown, San Francisco 49ers. They have guys, Jimmy Garoppolo's done there. They have a guy named Brock Purdy who's been playing really well, but do you want to ride with him for the rest of his career when you have a shot at Tom Brady? Trey Lance is on one leg. Who knows what he's going to be like? I think 
uh, Brady ends up with the Raiders or the Niners. I think he still plays next year, guys. Yeah, there's a ton of options for him out there. And like I said, the 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 question and the way that Dave questions that have retired to go make his millions in the broadcast booth, Tom Brady's made his millions already. He he does not come across as somebody that is in this for the money anymore. And it's the it's the legacy. It's how he goes out. And we talked about this with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, is retiring because he didn't like the way that he goes out there. You know, this is... I think almost a, a exact replica of what the Aaron Rodgers situation is. The only difference to me is Aaron Rodgers is going to try to make this uh, a Hulu show, and Tom Brady's just going to come out and tell you what what it is. But I think they're both back. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. And now it's time for our play of the week. And the big play in the Bengals victory was chosen by you as the play of the week. Right around Hundley, he reaches, throws that ball's out, that's live! Back the other way, Sam Hubbard! The Cincinnati kid! Hubbard's got a convoy! Chased by Andrews! At the 30, the 20, he will score! Sam Hubbard completes a 98-yard scoop and score for the game-winning touchdown as the Baltimore Ravens were eliminated by Cincinnati, and that is our play of the week. You won't see a play like that ever again, I think, in the NFL playoffs. Quarterback on the one-yard line, dives for the goal line, fumbles it, and then the other team runs it all the way the other way. Those scooping scores always make me laugh. The, the, I've never seen a, a linesman or a, a safety or, or anybody in the defensive zone that gets so horny to see a ball just bouncing around <laughs> that they can't just land on it. They've got to try to pick it up and run with it 98 yards. This one just dropped in his hand and he took off, and, and I'm amazed he made it that far, really. Um, but hell of a run. I think he's still using the oxygen mask right, right after running that far. I was looking at the injury report. He's questionable. It's just, it still says it's not even questionable hip. It's just questionable out of breath. <laughs> it was a lot closer, though, in the poll. I think everybody liked that 14-year-old girl who scored the Michigan at the under-18 yeah. Women's World. She's yeah. unreal. Yeah, that like, was cool. She's a hack of a player yeah. at 14 years of age. Yeah, yeah. Nela Lopesanova. Yeah. I hope I said that name right. Like <laughs> John, what were, show. She'll correct you. John, <laughs> what were you doing at 14 years old? You didn't even oh. know how to spell Michigan, did you? No, God, no. <laughs> and I had been there once. <laughs> Yeah, 14. I used to oh, scoop God. the penny saver up like that and just lift it on a stick and drop it right in the mailbox. It was pretty good, but <laughs> there's, no, there's no league for that. <laughs> Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And next week, we'll do the same thing. Uh, we'll post the poll on Twitter, Podcast FFC. You can vote for your favorite play there. And now, onto the big story that came from hockey on Tuesday night. For the game. Um, there's a report that he wasn't in warehouse because he didn't want to wear the, the Pride jersey for Pride Night. Do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I, I think the organization has sent out a release regarding the organization, the, the beliefs that we have uh, and how we feel about it, and really a great night. Um, with Provy, uh, uh, he, he's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief in his religion. 
And it's one thing I respect about Provy. He's always true to himself. Uh, and so that's, that's where we're at with that. That's Flyers coach John Tortorella addressing the media after Philadelphia defenseman Ivan Provorov chose not to take part in the pregame warm-up because the hosts were celebrating Pride Night to support the LGBTQ community. A lot of questions have come in about this from Sam, John, Tammy, Chris, and Mike. Should Torts have scratched him from playing in that game? None of this looks good for anybody. Like It's embarrassing, isn't they, it? The Philadelphia Flyers... Ivan Provorov, John Tortorella, nobody handled this well at all. This is, you know, this is far beyond the the pregame. This is Ivan Provorov has a conversation with his coach before the game. Listen, this is where I stand. I'm not comfortable with this. Coach says, listen, uh, if that's your choice, that's your choice. I don't have to agree. You have your opinion you're more than welcome to your opinion. You're not taking part in this. You're not playing. Up you, up you go into the suite. You know what? Don't even come to the arena if you don't want to. If that, if this is your belief system, I disagree. I wish you would be more open for it. Maybe you should be part of this to get a better understanding of the world around you. If you just can't do it, don't even show up. Don't not do warm up and then show up after the game and and make it for this reason. And, and John Tortorella, again, is, is coming under fire for this too because he's also the guy that said anybody that kneeled on the bench during the American National Anthem would be sitting in the middle of the bench for the rest of the game and he wouldn't play him. This time he almost commends Provorov for, for standing up for what he believes in and, and being able to make that choice and, and whatever else. And then the Philadelphia Flyers put out this absolute bullshit press release afterwards that basically says they're going to continue supporting the group in the community, says nothing about the player, nothing about the decision, nothing about how they plan on moving forward from it. It's just like like it never happened. It's It's a complete embarrassment i don't think there's anything you can do like you can't find the guy or suspend the guy or anything like that i think this just makes the philadelphia flyers look as bad as it should like the mats on the the right thing here like how do the flyers this wasn't planned at the last minute how do the flyers not know one of their players doesn't support this cause like just scratch him try you know like just he's not even he's scratch. He's not even a playing. Like he doesn't take warm up. He doesn't play in the game. He's just scratched with like an illness, right? Yeah. Or an undisclosed injury. And that way you don't make this a huge freaking thing, right? Like maybe it eventually comes out, and but I I still think you're going to look bad no matter what. Like the Flyers organization needs to know that one of their players is a Russian Orthodox and doesn't believe in. LGBTQ community plus community. When a league has come out and said hockey is for everyone and then this happens, it's embarrassing. Embarrassing for the league, embarrassing for the Flyers, embarrassing for Provorov. And I think I've said this on the podcast multiple times. You can say and do what you want, but that has consequences. 
And the consequences here is he shouldn't have been allowed to play the game. And plain and simple. Their teammates supported it. It was supported by Scott Lawton and James Van Riemsdyk. Now, what what happens next? Do the teammates have something to say about it? Do they even want Provorov on the team? Mm -hmm. What's his trade value then? It's probably not very good. Mm -hmm. It's going to impact his next contract because he can still play. But I bet you no team's going to fork over a lot of money for him. Yeah. And how many different places could this have ended? Like like you said, they announced that the, the promotional schedule comes out before the season starts. So this might come out in August. Listen, coach, not not my bag. Don't believe it. Whatever, whatever the, the conversation is. Okay, all good. That night, you're not playing. We're not going to address it. No one needs to know. We'll deal with it in-house. For, forget about it. Don't don't agree with you, not getting into a debate about it, but we don't need you to be here for something that you are not invested in for this team, for this community, for whatever it is. It stops right there. Like, it's done. Right? He's, he's not a game changer on your team. Your team's 500. You're, you're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know... This is a huge black eye for them. Totally agree with you. And, you know, maybe he goes to the KHL next. Like, this is this is yeah. a terrible look. Look, it's still – the tweet I saw a couple days ago that kind of hit it right on the head is hockey is for everybody until everybody wants to play. And, and that's when lines start getting drawn in the sand and, you know, there's a, a team in the BCHL that's doing a, a pride night and their general manager is very vocal on, on social media and he's a CEO as well, does a great job with that program. All he's been doing this week for the most part is is tweeting out screenshots of all the people that are blasting him and his team and the community or whatever for even having a night like this. These aren't season ticket holders. These aren't people that are going to go to the game. There's people that feel like they can force their opinions on on everybody else, or that their opinion has more value than anyone else. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's absurd. It really is. Well, and just with the Provorov thing, all you have to do is look at the replies and the mentions. Oh uh, yeah, of of all the hockey reporters tweeting stories or posts about this, and. It's the worst of humanity yeah. in the replies. It's yeah. absolutely awful. But again, I go to the point, when do we when did we lose the fact that our actions and our words don't have consequences? Of course they all have consequences. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? A few more questions from listeners now during rapid fire where the fellas promise to keep the answer short and sweet. The first question is from Aaron in good old Victoria, BC. It's about the Seattle Kraken who became the first team in NHL history to sweep a seven game road trip. Aaron wonders if you're buying or selling the Kraken down the stretch. So at the time that we record this, they're sitting second in the Pacific division at 56 points tied with Los Angeles with two games in hand. Edmonton's got 46 games. They're three points back. Calgary has got uh, 45 games. They're, they're five points back. 
Um, I'm selling the Kraken. Uh, I think Edmonton is is a better team. I think they are coming up to trade deadline day going to be one of, if not the most desperate team in the NHL because something's got to give there, and they've been coming up short way too often. I think they're going to be a very active participant, however they can, and I don't think we've seen anywhere cl- remotely close to the best of Calgary yet. Um, Seattle is is off to un, uh, you know a fantastic start. They're one of the uh, least uh, goals against uh, on their um, uh, in the league, but you know their their home record is ten nine and two at, at the time that we record this. So you're just over five hundred at home, and you just went on a hell of a run on the road. It's too early for me for that to happen to be swinging anything, and I think there's better teams in in the, the Western Conference. I mean, we're not even talking about the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche yet. If if they get hot, or or maybe their their time has passed, I think there's three teams in there for sure that are better than Seattle. You're selling the Kraken. I'm buying the Kraken. Oh, it's good though. Hey, you mix it with a little Coke. It's good. It's fantastic, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to celebrate an Eagles victory at the Super Bowl with some. I, I once drank almost a whole bottle of that. Most of it came back up, but it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't wake up till three days later. And <laughs> I think you're right. I think Edmonton passes Seattle, but because of the playoff format in the NHL, they still have a shot at the wild card. Yeah. So, you know, uh, they have games in hand on Vegas, L.A., Edmonton, and Calgary. All mm-hmm. of those games, Seattle has games in hand. They're also eight points up on Nashville, which is on the outside looking into the wild card, chasing yep. Edmonton and Calgary. So even if Edmonton passes Seattle, even if Calgary passes Seattle – I still think they don't fall out of a wild card spot, but I still think they finish in one of the top three in their division. I'm buying them. Even Colorado, even Colorado, uh, Colorado is right now at this point nine points back with two games in hand on Seattle. I get it. I, I get it. I and I think Colorado gets there. Like I think sooner or later, Colorado can't be this unlucky with with yeah. injuries. Right? It's exactly. It's been awful. So Seattle's in. You've got Edmonton in. You think Colorado gets in. So you're saying Calgary is the odd man out. I think Calgary's the odd man out. Like, they had a great offseason, but sooner or later we have to decide what the hell. Like, like, even if Colorado, you look, they're 12 points behind the Jets and the Stars for first, right? And they have three games in hand on both of those teams. Like, they could still finish first in their division. Yep. And somebody else could slide down. A question from Carter in London about an idea to end shootouts in the regular season. Play 10 minutes of three-on-three overtime instead of shootouts, and then you get two points for the win and a point for the tie. Carter wonders if you like that idea. I hate the fact that there are shootouts, but I think it's a necessary evil in the regular season. We're talking about 82 games in the regular season. If we're adding another, there have been 96, I looked this up, there have been 96 games already this year that have ended in a shootout. If you're adding five more minutes to those 96 games, you open up the opportunity for injury. And we all know in overtime, your best players are playing in overtime for three on three. With 82 game schedule, 
And that wear and tear, I think you open up the opportunity for injuries. I don't even think the NHLPA would approve that. I think the shootout is a necessary evil in the regular season, and that's why they don't do it in the playoffs. No. Uh, Carter, this is lunacy. This is <laughs> this is bewilderment that you are suggesting that somehow we get back to a tie. That is Carter, are you kissing your sister over there? Can you imagine going back to a tie in the NHL? I don't care if you end up playing three on three, do a shootout, and then you get a juggling contest between one player from each team. You cannot tie anything anymore. This is not both teams had a great time and I spent $600 taking my family to the game. It's If you want to do three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime win, one point for hanging in longer than regulation – I don't even like that, but I'll get on board with it. But don't be bringing a tie back into this shit, Carter. This is this is from lunacy. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, say no. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just never tells us what he really thinks. It's really hard <laughs> really? to get an opinion on him. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Carter. <laughs> and now a baseball question from Johnny in Toledo, Ohio. He asks if we like the six-year $200 million deal that Carlos Correa signed with the Minnesota Twins. Well, he certainly yes. likes it because the <laughs> other two deals fell apart. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Just uh, like, I don't know if this is like John Rashad trying to going out for, for a job or something like that, where you know, he doesn't get the first one, doesn't get the second one, the third one. Okay. Well, we're six years, $200 million. That sound about fair. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take that. I guess as the third option of my, uh, of my summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even the, the tour that he did of cities is, uh, is impressive of <laughs> where he signed or he probably had condos lined up in those places. He's got to get out of leases and stuff. This deal is, is lunacy. This is a terrible deal for the Minnesota Twins. The Six word years, of $200 million for a guy who chose you third because <laughs> the other ones fell through and he walked away from them. He went coast to coast and then the car ran out of gas and he's like, oh shit, I'm near Minneapolis. I might as well just stay here for a while. They're the only ones that are going to pay me with the medical issues that I failed twice. And I mean, somehow, and I uh, hate this Javier Baez deal more than anything. Somehow we got a steal for Javier Baez as Tiger fans than a six-year, $200 million deal with Carlos Correa for a team that is going nowhere. That is a third to fourth place team for the next six years with or without Carlos Correa. Terrible deal. And he's he's making over $33 million a year, but he's losing $115 million because the other two deals he had were worth $315 million. Yep. yep. And, and, and what kind of... What kind of medical check did he go through for the Twins to finalize this deal? Right? Like, did they just pass him through, like, one of those airport things? Oh. Yeah, you're good. We scanned your body. You're good. 
<laughs> right? Is was that their X-ray? Like, what kind of medical physical did they go through? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, and and I don't know this uh, for a fact or not, but I'm pretty sure that somehow Doctor Rivera from The Simpsons was involved in this. Doctor Nick to to, to get, make this guy okay, like for him to show up and be like. Okay, let, maybe let's fool them in Minnesota. They don't get the newspapers here. There's no internet in Minnesota. Maybe they don't know what's going on. Just try to sneak in through the back door and, and uh, show up and never leave. It's a it's a terrible deal. For a guy who bet on himself and was about to win in one of the, the, the coolest ways possible, he really comes out with egg on his face in this offseason. Mind you, he walks away with $200 million in six years to not play in the playoffs, but he's, he's missing a lot. Yeah. And you, you never know if he's going to be healthy, like great deal for Correa. Yeah. It puts a little bit more pressure on him after he two other failed deals, but it's a bad deal for Minnesota. Yeah. And Minnesota, like I love the social media posts of welcome home and he's back. And I was like, no guys, he, he couldn't leave is why he he (laughs) tried to leave. He tried, he tried a couple times to leave. And no, the only one that would take him back is the one who thinks they can change him, but he's not going to change. It's, it's kind of like a guy in high school saying, oh, I got it. I'm going out on a date with the hottest girl, but the hottest girl doesn't know. And it didn't work out. Oh, it's OK. I got this other girl. I'm going with her. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, no, you're not. You're not coming with me. No. Oh, I guess I'm going to the last girl at the end of the table. Yeah, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> you went from the the star cheerleader to the only girl, other girl you know that has a car and can drive you to the dance. That's that's where where you ended up landing. Way to go, Carlos! <laughs> and I love this question from Jack in Chatham. After people were stranded during a snowstorm before Christmas in Chatham and had to sleep in stores, Walmart was one of the big ones. It's happening now across the U.S. Midwest this week. Jack wants to know what store you'd prefer to be stuck in. Well, John, we all know yours needs a kitchen, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you need to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Costco. Right, I'm down. I'm down in cheap pizza slices all week long, and then I'm stuck in that store. So Costco was my answer because they sell mattresses now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I, I I don't get a lot of sleep. So, but <laughs> I love sleep. So as long as there's a mattress and a microwave, I think I'm good. Like a Costco has that now. Walmart, see, I Walmart doesn't have mattresses or beds, right? So I wouldn't want to be outdoor section. You'd probably get an air mattress or something. (laughs) Well, I've slept in a chair before. Yes, I have. So so maybe I don't need much. That that reminds me, I had a great sleep that night. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, John? (laughs) Yeah, it was was pretty good. The only thing that woke me up a couple of times was the guilt of watching you sleep in a chair in your own motel room. Where would you guys want to sleep? Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, how is it not Costco? I, you could probably live in Costco for a month. Like, really, without, <laughs> without really needing anything. Like, you've, you've got all the, all the food. You, like, a full, you don't even have to go through to the third freezer door to feed yourself for a month. 
Right. They've got bed, they've got Gatorade in the back. They got toilet paper. They got paper towels. They got fresh meat. They could you know, build a barbecue that's that's set up right there. They've got all the pills and medication that you need. You could have an Apple Watch or something like that. And get laptops. <laughs> those those Costco's fit like four hundred and fifty thousand people. Like you probably get meet somebody, get married, have kids. And never have to leave the Costco. Right? They even have diamond rings at the Costco. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can propose and everything. I'm like, <laughs> I want a full study done. John, this is your next assignment. <laughs> Remember that movie, The Terminal, where the guy was living in the airport? Uh-huh. We're, I want to know how long, truly, a human being can live only inside the, the, the walls of a Costco. You can't leave. No one can bring you anything. You can't go see anybody. There's no visitation or anything like that. No conjugal visits. I know where you're thinking. No conjugal visits. How long can you survive in a Costco? Could you stay yeah. there for a, in a, for a month for a million dollars? Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. Yeah, for sure. Like that's, right? It's a no-brainer. Easy. Like, even the food area has, like, stoves and ovens. Oh, yeah. Like, you could cook yourself a really good meal. It's it's better than most of the houses that I've lived in. <laughs> the the only wrinkle in the plan, fellas, is not every community has a Costco. So, uh, if you're going to get stranded in a storm, make sure it's in a big metropolitan area where there's a Costco. Because yeah. <laughs> otherwise, you're staying at Jenny and Jimmy's crab shack or something yeah. like that and that's not gonna go so well <laughs> when you're, when you're, when you're st- i mean you could get stuck at the weed store they're everywhere too but <laughs> true true <laughs> then how are you gonna get the food you gotta go to costco <laughs> right you're just gonna get hungrier <laughs> and don't get stuck in the costco and berry that's that's not a normal place <laughs> you know, the Costco people and berry was actually the closest grocery store to my house when I lived there. I'd be going through there with my $8 chicken and everybody else has got $4,000 worth of stuff. They have like big screen TVs and appliances and I'm going through with my one rotisserie chicken and they're like, that's everything? I'm like, yep, that's all I need. <laughs> and that's why you don't go to Costco and Barry. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one guy that shows up that just gets a chicken that waits for 45 minutes in line. And the best part is they still got to check your receipt as you leave. If he's standing 45 minutes in line, the chicken, by the time he leaves the store, he's done the chicken. He's showing up at the register with just bones in a plastic container. <laughs> Standing there at the till eating it like an apple. <laughs> yeah. Can't even oh, press the man. buttons on the debit machine. They're just all greasy, covered in chicken skin. <laughs> what a great picture. You know that's happened to John though. Yeah. It has. Next time he goes, he's gotta get two now. One for one for the line and one for dinner. <laughs> and a big liter of chocolate milk. <laughs> Uh, well done jack that was a good question (laughs) Uh, don't you know pump it up you got to pump it up and now it's time for pump it or dump it and one of our female listeners to the podcast shannon in windsor has submitted this song i can buy myself flowers 
is the new song from Miley Cyrus. It's called Flowers. And her fans think it's about her failed relationship with Liam Hensworth, who reportedly cheated on her several times. The song was released on his birthday, and it refers to their house burning down in the wildfires. And the video features Miley wearing a suit similar to the one Hemsworth wore on the red carpet. So talk about your vengeful songs. Guys, uh, either way, pump it or dump it. If that story is true... <laughs> then I'm pumping it because yeah. that's 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 a great f you after the fact. I'm gonna write this song. I'm gonna release it on your birthday and tell the world how much of a prick you are. <laughs> and then in the music video, I'm just gonna take jabs at you by wearing clothes similar to what you wrote. <laughs> it's the biggest f you in the world. Way to go, Miley! I'm pumping it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I live too. What a what a great revenge song! I, I haven't even listened to the song. I'm getting a, I'm giving it a pump. It. I've never heard this thing before. This is a pump it song all the, all the way. Like, Neither have I. You know, this is like Justin Timberlake with the girl that looked like Britney in Cry Me a River, and, and oh, all yes. those, you hear those all the time. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. one, you may as well have just started rhyming off body parts or other people that you've been with or something like they're just they're giving him give his phone number out in the song somehow like this is this is a really good one <laughs> yeah i agree it's unanimous i'm pumping it too <laughs> our boy sick has a mix with this one uh out too and, oh really uh, i want to say bruno mars uh i should have blot you flowers or whatever the song is oh it's, yeah yeah it's not bad it's not bad Okay, good, good stuff. Wow, yeah, and that does it for this week's debate. Remember to follow us all week long on social media. Yeah, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. We're ending strong today with a good couple of questions, too. We want to thank our sponsors on this episode, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, when he's not ghosting people, he's specializing in sport training and nutrition. <laughs> and don't forget, if you have any questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yes, please. Keep the email going. Keep the questions going. You guys, what a 2023 you guys are having. Bravo. Pat yourselves on the back. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening to this one. Listen, guys, I, I don't want to speak for all of you. Go Giants. We'll see you next week. you. (laughs) (laughs) Future considerations. (laughs) Miley's going to write a song about you. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.